Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy and me, Jake. In this episode, we'll discuss Saturday's win over Huddersfield Town, our new king of Denmark. We've also got a couple of listener questions, and we will finish off by previewing Wednesday's game against Millwall at home. How are we, lads? Are we good? Yep, good weekend so far. Very very good, thank you. Good. Uh, First of all, just before we crack on, um, if you've donated to From the Finney through our supporter feature, uh, thank you. Quite quite a few people have. Also, if you're listening and you're the person who has called yourself the fourth generation uh, with your very generous deposit recently, uh, I don't know if I got your previous message. So if you just want to get in touch with us and sort of let us know what your previous message was. Uh, and again, a big massive thank you for your donation. Uh, I think it's the biggest one we've had so far from a an individual so much appreciated yeah the football side of things has been brilliant but I think just before we get into that I think it's worth giving the PE Community Trust a shout out for their work that they're going to be doing over the coming week uh, over the half term week by providing uh, meals to sort of children that need them really in, in Lancashire and, and the surrounding areas it's um, it's really good to see yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it, really? I mean, yeah. I know you mentioned about donations before, and yeah, it's it's brilliant what the community trust are doing, um, and rightly so. I, I think it's just a shame that, obviously, the government support isn't coming for it, um, and it's relying on individuals and businesses and clubs across the country that probably don't have the cash but are, are, are actually providing for these kids that are in, you know less fortunate situations than, than most people out there. So absolutely hats off to um, the community trust and any other businesses that are out there that are providing for kids this half term. Cause I think it's, it's absolutely outstanding. And I suppose a real, I suppose a relief really that there is still people out there like that in this day and age where I suppose we do live in a bit of a selfish generation at times and yeah, absolutely. people to be, for people to be given back in the way they are doing over the next few weeks is you know it sort of restores your faith in humanity really so big shout out to anyone who's doing it it's it's, it's amazing yeah 100 percent. ollie i think you you put something on twitter the other day saying it no matter what i mean i don't really want to get into politics because obviously this isn't a politics podcast but regardless of your political allegiance there's no like it's never the child's fault that they're going hungry so that if people are sort of i don't know yeah. trying to argue the toss and, and try and put the blame on the children, then I think, yeah, may, yeah. maybe just sort of take a step back and have a look at the wider picture because I, uh, I agree with the sentiment that it, it never yeah. is the child's fault. I think if, if your first thought in this situation is to try and justify why they shouldn't get free meals, I think it says a lot, a lot about you. Um, so massive shout-out to Marcus Rashford, by the way, because I think what he's doing is very brave as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 100%. For a, 20, for a 22-year-old lad that Marcus Rashford is, because we forget that he is only 22. Mad, isn't it, really? He's been it's, around for years. I know. It's, it, and it's, but it feels it's like crazy. it does, anyway. Yeah, it does, not it? But it's crazy that somebody is 
taken it upon themselves to really push this agenda and actually stand up for what they believe. And, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. massive respect for him. Yeah. Played against Chelsea yesterday um, and an hour later he was on Twitter sort of getting involved. So, yeah, well, unbelievable, unbelievable human being. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yesterday then. Well, Saturday, if you're listening to this on Monday, which you all will be. Um, we said last week, well, Ollie predicted six points. That's that's in the bag. Uh, in fairness, Ollie, you weren't actually far off with your aggregate prediction. Uh, I think you predicted 7-1, and obviously it was 4-1. Yeah. And... Jimmy, you wanted <laughs> you wanted a win before we recorded just for your sanity. Ah, mate, two wins on the bounce. Can't ask much more for your, uh, your mental health, can you, really? No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, but, a bit um... disappointed again, because I had another five run 4-1 yesterday. Um, but honestly, just back us. And like, it's like we said last week, the underlying numbers have been there. Look at the games we've played so far. Very tough first six, seven games. Um, and shock were a decent side, so people want to pick out number of games to suit their agenda. Three wins in four games, pipe down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, obviously yesterday we it was it was an unchanged side. Um, we we matched them up. I think that was obviously a shock. I think I, I'd sent a message saying the the I follow commentators had said that we were going to go back three, and you both said that you'd be surprised if that was the case. But obviously, it it turned out to be the case, and we didn't look all there. We didn't look at the races to begin with. Really, I think is probably a, a polite way of putting it. I think we're all at sea, aren't we? Yeah, we were all over the place. Um, it took him after the goal to get settled into that shape and even then they've had another chance after the goal I think um, Campbell's had a flicked header that yeah. he's got in between Pat and Story I think for that chance and yeah, yeah we we didn't look exactly comfortable did we for the first 15-20 minutes um, the goal obviously there's I mean we've been talking about it today haven't we Ellie? and there's it's littered with mistakes but yeah, you know the shape itself was Strange. I think it's probably the best way I can put it. Um, not something we'd expect, but on the flip side, it's, it's clearly worked second half. So you've got to give the manager a bit of credit in hindsight. You know, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, I think he said he said um, on I follow after the game that when he handed the team sheet in, it, it was um, the same shape as QPR, but he's seen that they've gone free at the back, and obviously with the same eleven, he's just changed it round to go man for man um, so it was man for man all over the pitch and obviously both teams had a spare centre back um, and that, that that was where the spare man was so it was basically man for man all over the pitch and I think he said um, Alan Brown's energy up against Toffolo uh, wing back against wing back was sort of a big reason why he did it as well because Toffolo is very attacking um, plenty of attacking width um, so that's why he went three at the back and we see it quite a lot Teams, I think now we're changing to three at the back against us because obviously an extra centre back in the build up um, to try and create a cleaner build up. So I think that was a lot of credit to us that Corbyn, um put an extra centre back in there. But what was the stat that you tweeted yesterday about? However many, yeah, 14, 14 championship clubs started with a back three yesterday, um, and I think 
when you look at it now, the amount of team trying to play football, I think, is increasing. And with the amount of pressing that goes on in the championship, I think you need the extra man to try and create a build-up. So that was definitely in um, in Huddersfield's thinking yesterday. I think, like Jimmy said, first 10 minutes, we were a bit at sea because I thought we were trying to go man for man on... I thought we were trying to keep bow with uh, DJ Campbell. Um like following DJ. man for man. DJ Campbell. Fraser Campbell. Fraser Campbell. Fraser. <laughs> yes, he retired about ten years ago. <laughs> Fraser Campbell, yeah. Um and to be fair, when you look at the, the heat map, um I think he did, but like Jimmy said, you can analyse a goal with, you know, ten, twenty mistakes, but I think he got wrong side of Hughes, Bauer hasn't stepped up. Two of our defenders have gone for the header. Potts is ahead of O'Brien in the phase of play, and then you could argue Deck could save it. So, um, well, it, I, it's I would the knockdown us. comes off Brown. It looked well. It looked like it to me. Brown and Story both challenged for the ball from I think I think Mbenza went up for it, and it mm. looked it looks like it's come off like Brown's like shoulder or the side of his head or something. Yeah, Obviously Brown should fall into O'Brien. Yeah, Brown shouldn't be going in there for me. I think that's just a little thing when you're changing system. I think. Um, but yeah, I was so confident last week of six points because I think we are just a better side than QPR and Huddersfield. Um, to be fair, Huddersfield a lot better than I've given credit for. I'm a massive fan of Corbran now, to be fair. thought they were very bold yesterday, yeah. just in general. So every credit to Huddersfield, to be fair. Took the game to us. And, and you know what, fair, but you know, after what Neil Harris said last week, you know, about you don't you don't go after a team like Preston, you know, fair play to Corbran because he's actually attacked us. Yeah. You know, and given the tools he has at his disposal, I mean, the right back impressed me. Um, the Spanish, Hippa, Hippa. Yeah. yeah, he was good. Him, um, he, he's everyone... arguably, he's had, apart from obviously the two Fraser Campbell chances, one of which has resulted in a goal. He's he's arguably had their two best chances of the game. He's at the post in the second half, and then he's cut in on his left and yeah, and brought a decent save from Rudd. Probably a save that you'd expect your keeper to make, though. Yeah, decent height, De- middle of the goal. Deck does well with that, you know, because of where he pushes it away. Yeah, because there's there's a couple of lads to Deck's right, you know, for where he pushes it. And if he if he if he palms it, if he gets too strong a hand on it, it falls straight into their path. He's at, it, it's a re- it's a really good save that actually in terms of obviously where the ball's ended up because he's actually deflected away from the danger as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he impressed me. Obviously, everyone's raving about Harry Toffolo. Um. Thought he did all right. Thought he was fairly lively. Um, so yeah, I, I thought, you know what? I don't think they'll be anywhere near the the bottom three no. coming end of the season. I think it's um, yeah, they've got the the makeup of a decent side, haven't they? So yeah, I think they'll cause a lot of teams a lot of problems. Because um, has got himself a new fan as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's right on my list. Nowhere near Nathan Jones, but um, he's on a list. So, <laughs> no, nah, but the, the, the thing for me, he breaks, breaks it down into very simple numerical terms. A lot of managers, a lot of continental or Spanish managers do it. Just break the game into thirds and go try and get a number advantage on, on either side. And when you break it down, he's gone three, three, three when they've gone down to 10 men. Yeah, uh, I saw Alex Neal's post-match com- uh, press comments or whatever yeah. with I follow and he he basically said like how, how do you try and play against that like, how what, do you, what do you how, do how do you play against it because it's not a, it's not a formation it's just a system of numbers yeah um, 
And then he's obviously prepared to take the chance on us missing a lot of chances on the counter-attack, which we did. And yeah. could have got him a point, to be honest. Because mm. the amount of chances we missed. I think I think if I was a Huddersfield fan, I'd, I'd feel a little bit like we should have got a point from that, really. To be honest, it could have been 5-1. It could have been 2-2, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could have been quite easily. Um, I think you've, I think... Got to give us a, you've got to give us a lot of credit for second half. Yeah, mate. absolutely. Came I, like I, don't know about, I don't know about you two lads, but I felt like I'd bloody played the game after I'd finished watching it. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it was just end-to-end. It was a carnage. Do you remember the Leeds City game a few weeks ago? Have you watched that? Similar, sort of, that. Feel, similar sort of feel to that. Yeah. Fair play to North End, though. Yeah, absolutely fair. Absolutely. Second half. See, the intent was there from as soon as second half kicked off for me. I thought they were... They were they were on the front foot. Um, the goal coming. Um, I think it's a good bit of interplay for the first goal. Um, good bit of endeavour by DJ actually to win the back, ball back off Bakuna in the area. Obviously, it's a decent finish by Brown. Brown's probably out of position for where he'd expect him to be. But well, considering he, he was he was playing right wing back, and he's on the left side of the yeah. centre midfield at that point. You know what? I think it's just one of those where. If he's got the freedom to get forward, then he's he's found himself in a good position. Well, um, he's, he said himself, didn't he, yesterday, that he had Fisher in his ear saying you need to get forward more. Yeah. So, yeah, good by Potts. Obviously, we've looked, watched it back on the highlights. He is onside. I know they were crying for offside at the time, but... They're left-back, isn't it? Yeah, he's, their left-back's really deep. Um, but it's good. But that's actually... Is it Brown that's took him into the area mm-hmm. with his run? And then Brown's mm-hmm. obviously come across it. So... You know, Brown plays just as much of a part in the goal, you know, in terms of taking Toffolo into the area to start with to, to, to make sure Potts is onside. So it's just a bit of clever play, really. Do you um, think if Brown goes down, he gets a penalty? You know, before it falls to DJ? No. No. Probably it's a foul. I thought the ref could have given a foul against DJ. Yeah, yeah that's what they that. were there after that on Bakuna, I weren't thought, they? I thought he came in from the wrong side and... That sums DJ up, that off the ball, he's so underrated off the ball. Um, well, we said, haven't we? We've said before about how many times he wins the ball back in the final third. Mm. Yeah. Another, another example of it yesterday. And I think that's why he played ahead of Potts as well, because, well, it was a surprise to me to see Potts as the deepest of our three midfielders yesterday. Um, but I think that's why DJ was so high. And to get another however many minutes we got out of him. Unbelievable, unbelievable that that squad's gone through two nineties in such a short space of time. You've got to remember as well, we had twenty four hours less um, to prepare for that one, and and we've had to travel back from London and then travel to Huddersfield as well. So yeah, and I asked you two before the game. I think Jimmy said he expected two changes. I expected like four changes. Me. Yeah, I, I saw your message. I didn't reply, but I, I'm same as you. Well, I expected three or four. Um. So yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't make loads of changes after he's won a game usually. I mean, two or three potentially, but mm. I don't don't really remember him making five or six after a yeah. win. I think um, there was a, I thought there was going to be a couple of injuries, Jimmy. Um, yeah. Quite well, recently, he's, he's tried to keep the same squad where, or same 11 where he can. I think he did it once or twice uh, when football returned last season. Then obviously he's done it two weekends on the bounce now. Where he's oh sorry two games on the bounce where he's named an unchanged side. 
he averaged three changes a game before lockdown last season. So for the twenty seven whatever thirty one games was it, whatever we did before yeah. we locked down. Um we averaged three changes every game over the course. You know, some was six, some was one, but very rarely we kept an unchanged team and we kept it twice already. I think that's I think I think twenty twenty players have started a game, I think, for us this season in the league. So he's using a squad. But yeah. Um yeah, I think there's I think Brown, Ledson and Sinclair are the only three to have started every game. So he changed uh, it around. No, not Rudd. Rudd didn't start the season, did he? Yeah, missed no. a Swansea game. Yeah. Um, Second goal. I thought it was, again, Patrick Bauer stepping up into the opposition half. Reese has, has dropped deep a little bit, something that we'll come on to in a little while. And again, something else we'll come on to in a little while. He lays the ball off to Potts, who then finds Rafferty and... And it's it's a good floated ball into the box from Raf. I think you I think you're underestimating that. I think that's I think it's a good ball. I think it's Potts' endeavour to be to start with, put in terms of getting forward, because he's actually a bit of a water carrier, to be fair. He's he took the ball forward a good seven yards as Potts. And then obviously Raf it's it's an in swinging cross. He's playing on the left, but he's crossed it with his right. Yeah, it's a good ball. Right um, area. Any keeper should be catching that comfortably. It's just it's just a punt into the area. Well, I, I was watching it back on the highlights. Do you think it's a bit of it's, it's a massive defender error. backing into? I know it's an error. Obviously, it's an error. But do you think he's he should be coming for that, or do you think he should be leaving it to the defender? He should be coming for it. If you look at how close to the goal it is, we should be taking the defender. He should be taking the defender. He should be taking Reese out as well because mm. Emil Reese has got in between, he's got in the way as well with Saar Saar's yeah. end of the keeper why, why the keeper's not coming absolutely smash that into next week with a punch I, I don't know but it, it's a bit of a it, it's a poor attempt of a, a catch yeah. you know yeah. why, why would you even try and catch I don't understand why you'd try and catch you under pressure unless, you, unless you're really confident in your ability and you know you're going to get the ball then do, not, do you know what it reminded me of Maxwell at Fulham I yeah, don't talk about that. That was a little bit. <laughs> that was a bit kamikaze in the last minute, wasn't it? That? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. The, if the, the I don't know if the conditions played a part in it or anything. Yesterday it was, but I don't think there's any um, defending that from a keeper. I think no. it's just a keeper error. It's a good finish from mm. Brown. Yeah, it's a good finish. Yeah, it's really well improvised. The issue with Maxwell at Fulham was two actually. One, it was the day after I got married, <laughs> and I remember where I was when when he dropped the ball. And two, it's on the edge of his 18-yard box. He's come all yeah. the way out in the last minute of the game. This yeah. is on the edge of this guy's six-yard box. Uh, is it Ben Amer? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's a regulation. It's either a regulation taken, you take everyone out with you, or you just put your, your, your punch it clear and you get clear of the danger. Yeah. You don't. Usually as well, when a keeper comes and he takes everyone out, he'll usually get the benefit from the ref, especially yeah, these days. Yeah. But when he drops it, you've got no chance. You're not getting protected by the referee when he just no. dropped the ball. I thought it was good, the ref. I thought it was excellent. Mm. For his second game at this level, mm. you know, he'd, the game before... He, I you pointed it out yesterday. I think, Ollie, plenty of talking to the players, talking through his decisions, explaining yeah. why he was no making ego. decisions. Didn't have an ego, did he? No. There was a lot of yellow cards yesterday, though. Yeah, there was, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, well, he gave five in his first game in the Championship. Mm. And then, obviously, he's given, what, Double. six yesterday? No, I think there's getting towards ten. Really? Yeah. From what I remember, there was a lot of yellows. One, two, and... three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight yellows and a red card. Mm. 
They've got three and we've got five. And yeah. then obviously they've got the red as well. Yeah, a few tactical fouls from us that I loved yesterday. <laughs> Sean yes. Maguire and Josh Arup in the 92nd and the 93rd minute. Josh Arup should have walked for me. Yeah, I thought Dan- that was annoying. Dangerous tackle. Dangerous. Mm. Um, yep. But good tactical fouls by Brown and, and Bauer. Mm. Yeah, that's something we were crying. Like I said last week when we played Cardiff, if Hughes takes the man out and takes yeah. the, yeah, the manages takes the game, it's, yeah. it's a nil-nil game, isn't it? Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, glad we've learned from that. I think the manager will have said something like that after the game as well because he was fuming, yeah. weren't he, against Cardiff? Well, as, we soon, as soon as Pat's made that one yesterday, there was messages flying in the WhatsApp group about game management, how, how it's good to see that, how he's made I love the, it. the right I love decision. That. Yeah. If my player handballs it on the line in the last minute, I'm loving it. Keep a ball out of the net. Do anything to keep the ball out of the net. Yeah. We're too nice sometimes like that. We should just, like, Bowers perfect yesterday. All the best teams yeah. do it. You've got to do it. Absolutely. And that four points. Yeah, it was Suarez who did the World Cup. Uruguay went through. Ghana, wasn't it? It went through to miss the penalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Unfor- I didn't think unfortunately it didn't work out our way when Galley did it against okay. I think was it Newcastle <laughs> Newcastle yeah. in Cup yeah. yeah no it was in uh, the league I think wasn't it no it was in the Cup no it was, was in it? the Cup we got beat 6-0 yeah. yeah but I didn't I thought Potts was a yellow I thought he pulled out of it um, I think he could have gone on, on another day um, but their manager obviously wanted wanted a red card but I think a yellow was the correct decision so I thought the ref was very decent yeah what did yep. you think of the Sinclair one when he went up with, um, oh, what the hell's his name, Stearman? And obviously he gets that chance in the first half. It's well, as a chance, as an opportunity. No, as in, like, do you think do you, did you think it was a foul by Sinclair? Nah. No. No. Stood his ground, didn't he? Oh, fair Ste- Stearman should know better. Thought well, be in fair. fact, we, we said on the pod, I think on Wednesday night, or maybe it was last week. I think it was you, Jimmy, saying that he might not have been available to, to face us. Yeah, because I thought The was... yellow cards that he got. Yeah, I think he's stuck on four, isn't he now? Did he get one yesterday? Yeah, he got booked yesterday, didn't he? No, so he's, he's, he's on four then, now, so he's one, one away from a booking already, seven games in. Yeah, we're doing all right on that count. Yeah, we are. We're doing all right. It's amazing when Darnell's not playing, how many, book, yeah. how many less bookings you get. Yeah. And Pierce, no Pearson. Yeah. The Great Dane then. I mean, we we Wednesday night was, was the partly the Emil Reese show. In, well, in parts it was. And rightly so. And he's going to get another segment today because he was fucking brilliant. He was unbelievably good. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, how many times have I spoke about Jordan Hugel on the podcast? But I think this just proves... This just proves what a difference a number nine makes... We've gone yeah. three years nearly without a proper number nine. Just yeah. three years. And yeah, he's absolutely outstanding. He's better than Hugo. Oh, he said Ooh, it. He's, he's yeah. actually said it. Fucking hell, yeah, I was going to end this segment with that question, but he's, he's, no, gone. he's was, jumped in at the deep end early doors. Yeah, I had, to have, I had to have a strong word with myself last night on the way. I went, went for a little walk last night um, and I just had to be true to myself. <laughs> honestly I think and I was speaking to a couple of people today who work in the industry and I can't believe it slipped through the net of clubs who shop in that market I just can't believe it um, but he, he's, he just looks absolutely outstanding doesn't 
He's got everything. He looks the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah. He really yeah. does. And and but, the fact we've tied him down to a four-year deal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brentford, Brentford basically, you know, have a have a whole network over there. Apparently, his underlying data isn't that good in terms of what you'd normally look for in terms of tangible metrics. But the intangibles that he's got, the physical qualities, and he's younger than me. He's twenty-two, um, and he's rapid as well. And he's just he is just for those so mobile. That, just for those that wouldn't have a clue, like me, what when you say his numbers weren't good. And, and the tangibles that you would look for. What 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 are we talking about here? Like what kind of things? Not not well, specifically well, in a, in Emil's case, but just in general. Well, you're looking at someone. You're looking at someone. Well, what Brentford do is you look for the undervalued players. So someone is posting really good, for example, expected goal numbers, but they're underperforming it. Um, expected goal numbers, shots on target numbers, chance created numbers. Um, sort of distance covered, high energy. Um, you know, there's loads of niche metrics that teams look at to suit how they want to recruit. What Brentford do is look for undervalued players, and I would have thought, you know, Reese would have been right up there on our list somewhere, um, but apparently not. And just considering his age as well, the awareness that he's got, I think, is a major plus as well because with Hugo. Yeah. Hugo could bully any defender in the league, but sometimes he lacked the awareness to pick his teammate out or whatever. But Reese just looks like a really good footballer as well, um, and he could have he could have had goals in both games, couldn't he? Yeah, easily. To be honest, yeah. easily. So, Very unfortunate not to score. I mean, he, he's had that decent effort that was blocked in the first half. Um, yeah. Sort of, I think was it uh, he created a bit of space for himself, turned and got the shot off, but the defenders sort of dived in front of it. Yeah. And then obviously the two really good chances in the second half. First one, maybe could do a little bit better with it. It's straight at the keeper pretty much, but it's one of them. It though, isn't it? He couldn't, couldn't put it anywhere else. Yeah. The and, then, and then the second one, I, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first one was playing on his mind and when he's he's got the chance for the second one, obviously smash, he, smashes the bar. And I, I tell you what... He done half it there. It, mm. it hit them with some fucking power. I mean, yeah, he shoots with both feet. The first one, obviously, yeah. with his right. Second, with his left. Um, I think it was you that mentioned it when we had um, Rasmus on the podcast. His his older coach at Randers, and mentioned about how he's got. He he, he requires little backlift for yeah. for getting a powerful shot off. Mm. Yeah, both feet is just. I'm not sure what he's lacking. Um, you can normally pinpoint something. Hugo was lacking a bit of technical quality, weren't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you've got a caveat. Here. I don't think the defenders he's played against have been very good championship defenders. Um, he'll come up against, you know, much better defenders. But even the way he uses his body, because he's not, he's not the most, he's not the thickest set lad, is he? No, not but, again. Not like Hugo. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I've been comparing him to Hugo just because. He's strong, he's quick, he's mobile, but they are actually quite different players. Um, so, yeah, unbelievable signing for the club. I, I don't know if they've stumbled upon it or if it's a masterstroke, but... What, what was the quote from Alex Neil? That, um, 
that he said after we signed him, we'd looked at 71 other strikers or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? But that is, uh, 70, it's, it's too specific a number to be made up, surely. Nah, seen... I, I don't know. You, you could just say we've yeah. looked at you could say that number. I don't. I don't believe we looked at seventy-one other strikers. I believe we looked at a lot of strikers, but I don't think there'd have been other. If that makes sense, the the word yeah. other is. A, it's like we've looked at all these, but this is number seventy-two and decided to sign him. Yeah, well, I don't like it's, the case. Alex Neal's having a bit of a play. Yeah, of course. He's yeah. making a point, isn't he? He's just making a point. That's all he's doing. But I think I, I think any club's going to look at. You know, 100, 150 players each transfer window, aren't they? They're not going yeah. to just look at, you're not going to just fish in a small pot. And you're going to try and have a cash net as far as you can. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to look at, you know, numbers of players, you know, dozens for, for single positions because you want to find the right one. And luckily, it's and fair play to Joe Savage because I've, I've had a pop at him on it before. Mm-hmm. But fair play to him if, it, if, this is your, if this is your man. I'm bloody glad to see you getting back because, uh, and I hope to see the next next time you recommend gets back as well because he looks the business. I think yeah. he's come out, hasn't he, Alex Neal, and said that he's quite open to shopping shopping abroad mm. more often and hoping to, I think, or something like that. The thing is, the club has identified some really good players, you know, since Alex Neal's been here. This is probably the first one we've been able to sign, but yeah. I always say with a striker, if you've got physical qualities, you've got half a chance, and he's got. You know, he's got more than enough physical qualities. And I was speaking to someone as well today who watches quite a lot of that uh, Danish league. And he said, in, in a funny way, coming to England might suit him more because it suits how intense the league is. Yeah. Um, he can just run for days, can't he? He can just... Uh, I'm, I'm honestly incredible. surprised that he stayed on yesterday. Mm. Yeah, same. I thought he was... I thought on 70 minutes he was starting to flag a bit. Yeah. And then he's gone on that run... He had that. He had that. Looked like he had that. Picked up a bit of a knock, didn't he? I think he's just going to be one of them who is just like a Duracell bunny or whatever. So, yeah, and even even dropping in and linking the play does that a lot more than Hugo. And it, it, you know, there's no point in even including Stock in this conversation because Leagues incomparable, apart, aren't they? Yeah, leagues apart. One, one looks yeah. a League Two striker and one looks a very good Championship striker. So. Um, That's after two games, but you can tell, can't you? You yeah, don't. You don't need a lot. You don't need a lot of time. But um, so I'm, I'm, I'm accepting apologies from anyone who called me clueless for writing off Stockley. Um, and what what a good job! What, what what's your Twitter, pal? People know what it is. What what a good job from? <laughs> no, what a good job from Alex Neil though. He's played three years without a proper number nine who can just stretch the game, can bring yeah. it, who can bully defenders, create chances for himself because. In this team, you need to be able to create chances for yourself because you're not going to get many on a plate, are you? And he's he's created numerous. And in the two games, he's won us a penalty. Uh, should have won us a second penalty. Got a man sent off. Arguably should have had another man sent off. It is. It's a red card. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you can look at the fact that he's not scored. And I've seen some idiots on, I think, Facebook mainly saying, well, he's not scored, so he's been shit. And it's like, just don't. He's played. Um, he's played just over two games worth of minutes. He's played two hundred and nine yeah. minutes so far, and he's done more in those two hundred and nine minutes than we've seen from a number nine at Preston in the last two and a half years. 
Three I years mean, nearly. It's three years in January, isn't it? So Yeah, it is. I mean, don't be wrong, Sean he did all right before his injuries, um, in a different style of play that we were playing at that moment in time. You know, won us a lot of penalties at the start of last season. But this guy looks the business. You know, six shots yesterday, three shots on targets, the most dribbles that I can find from an individual player in the past eighteen months at yeah. least. Seven dribbles in the game. Let's put it in context. Our average amount of dribbles last season per game were 5.3. Yeah. This guy's had seven on his own yesterday. You know, we were bottom of the league for dribbles last season. It's probably boosted our numbers massively because we've gone up to 6.9 average dribbles a game now. Yeah. And he's had, I can't I can't get over it. He's had seven dribbles on his own yesterday. This is ridiculous numbers-wise. And yeah, he just... That turn to get away from Coroma and Stearman when he yeah. hit the bar... He's just, he's just, he's toyed with him. You know, I was, I literally, I was, I near enough jumped up when he did that. I was watching it. I was like, <laughs> go on. I was like, it's the first time I've got excited in, yeah. in, in lockdown. It's, 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 it's the first time I've been on the edge of my seat. I think, go on, like, mm. you, you know, because you've actually got that bit of think, energy and that spark ev- about it. Everyone watching yesterday, every North End fan yesterday would have been willing him to score. Yeah. I know Brett Ormrod was on the commentary. Yeah. Mate, can you imagine yeah. if he's back at net? I'm going through. I'm going through my lounge table. There's not. A ch- <laughs> Honestly, mate, I, I'm going through my coffee table. There's yeah. not. A, it's the it, thing it's, is, you know full well if he scores, it's going to be an absolute rocket. He's going to absolutely yeah. twat it. Yeah, I think there's he's going to be limbs everywhere. Yeah, that, I think, you know, I think he's definitely caught um, QPR and Huddersfield by surprise. They don't know what's hit him. Hundred um, percent. Be a good test on Wednesday because. Obviously, they've got a few good defenders. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'd back him. Uh, I'd back him though. He looks what, like... what, I know it's early days, and and like you've just said, Jimmy, he's played just over two games worth of 12, minutes. Twelve goals. But is is that what you're saying? Twelve goals in terms of goal contributions. What you're saying, all in? Because he looks like he can chip in with with a few assists as well. You're looking at you're looking at one for four, aren't you? So twelve goals, three assists. Yeah, I was going to say I'm just say I'm looking at fifteen in total goal contributions because yeah. I think Sinclair's Sinclair Sinclair's going to get the goals himself as well this season. Um, he's no assists so far, and he's got four goals. I reckon between um, Sinclair and and Reese, we'll we'll have thirty goals near enough. I don't know. It's it, yeah, you wouldn't want to back against it, would you? But it. it it relies on form and fitness as well. Um, yeah, massively. And it, it depends if you count in assist, winning penalties as assist as well, because it looks like he's trying to win a penalty every game, doesn't he? Mm. Um, and they do lead <laughs> to a goal. He, he does He does look like a bit of a shit house, doesn't he? Yeah. His dive at Brentford was enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Um, that, I like that. Missed yeah. that. Mi- yeah. Missed a player going down like they've been shot. Not really. Uh, we've not had it since properly since Joey, have we? I know Jordan did. Jo- 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 Jordan was the prince. The king is Joe Garner at yeah. doing that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Biggest shit house I've seen watching North End. Yeah. He's qu- yeah, loved it in, in League One. He's only going to get better as well, by the way. Well, yeah, he's just just turned twenty two in June, so yeah, it's a good Try job he's tied that. down. It's a good job he's tied down. Hemmings yeah. will be rubbing his hands if this carries on. Yeah, it's a bargain. He does. It's a bargain. He does. A million quid is a bargain. Well, one point two million is a bargain. But it's that, that, time. That just that should teach us if you speculate, you will accumulate hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. So yeah, outstanding first couple of games. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
Uh, right, I'm going to go and fill my water bottle up, boys. Sound. We'll see you in part two. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we've got a couple of listener questions from people on Twitter, and we're going to preview the Millwall game and the Birmingham game that are coming up in the next week. Um, I'll put, uh, yeah, I'll put both of these to both. Yeah, I won't, I won't single you both out to answer one or the other. But the first question is from at Worthington underscore PNE. Um, most people who are on Twitter and the North End fans will know who Worthington is. Well, I'm not sure anyone one. actually knows who he is, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he asks, um, do we have any thoughts on Galley taking a place on the coaching team yesterday? Was there really any need? Could Alex Neal and Steve Thompson not have coped until Frankie McAvoy is back? Was it just a polite way of dropping him from the squad? What do you think, chaps? I've uh, got my thoughts on it. What 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 do you think, Jimmy? Um, I don't think it was a case of dropping him from the squad. I think the more brains you have in the technical area, the better. And you know, yeah. having Galley in that technical area is probably, you know, someone who's played the game at Championship level, got over what probably about five hundred appearances at a high level. I think it's something someone that you'd want in your technical area. To be honest with you, someone who can read the game or understand what Championship football is like right now from playing in the middle of the park and um, obviously he's done quite a lot with the under 16s as well so it doesn't bother me I think it's a welcome addition to have him you know if he's not going to be in the if he's not going to be in the 18 then have him in the technical area um, yeah. I think you know a bit of a change on the guard potentially with, with Tom Bayless being in, on, on the bench instead we, we knew this season was going to be tough for Galley in the, in the first place because mm. you know as a 35 you know about to turn 36 year old Championships ferocious. It's, it's it's very pacey league, and you know yeah. there's games where Galley will make a difference. Uh, uh, you know you've got to have a 25 man squad in this league now, and um, or have the ability to have 25 players, whether they're under 21s or if they're 25 over 21s in our case. And um, so there will be games where he'll play, but I don't see him playing probably more than 10, maybe 12 appearances this season. Yeah, and mm. um, so that's my opinion. Yeah, I don't think he was ever going to get on the pitch yesterday if he was on the 18, because if you're coming on as a 36-year-old, 35-year-old in that intensity, I don't think you're ever going to get into the game. So he's never going to come on yesterday he was on the bench. So um, perfect opportunity with obviously McAvoy not there. You might as well put him in there because that's what he's gearing up to do, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, worked out quite nicely for me. I think he's going to probably be a coach next season. In my opinion, I was going to say, do you think they'll look at offering him some kind of coaching contract? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think quite possibly. Would, uh, you, would you like to see him stay at the club in that capacity? Absolutely. I don't think it'd do you any harm, would it? Obviously, he's going to learn his trade somewhere. Um, similar age to Alex Neil, probably sees the game quite similar. Yeah, got a lot of respect for each other. So, yeah, I thought that made sense to me yesterday. McAvoy ain't there, so. He didn't need to be there, but no harm in him being there. Yeah, no, more eyes, more people that can see what's going on, the better. Yeah. 
Alex, Alex, Alex Neil. Alex doesn't do, doesn't do polite, by the way, when you've got a 36-year-old sitting at home watching loose women. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> none, of that, none of that politeness. I think it just made sense. Yeah. I think the other thing about this thing with Gallic is under-16s is a really key age at North End age groups because, obviously, at that point, they're either going to become a scholar or they're going to get released from the club. Yeah. So it's probably a really key position he's actually got within our academy. And it's some, it's a position that you can't just give to somebody that's going to do it half-hearted, you know, yeah. because you, it's people's hearts and minds at that age, because, you know, some of these kids might have been at North End since they're eight, nine years old. And yeah. under 16, they're either going to make it or they're going to leave at the end of that, that period of time. So yeah, it's, Fair play to him because he does seem to be doing a really good job with the 16s and he, he, he's putting everything into it. You know, he's there on a Sunday and, you know, I'm guessing it's not an easy job. Well, I know it's not an easy job being a football manager. Christ, I've done it for pretty too long myself and it's it takes up every minute that you've got spare half the time, you know. So, especially with all the regulations that, are, that you've got now to follow, especially with yeah. COVID, it's frightening really what you've got to do, the, the hoops you've got to do to even get a game on. Well, I, I coach an under-15s team and it's, I mean, I know obviously it's not North, North End under-16s level, but just grassroots at that sort of age is difficult at the minute. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, it's, it's rewarding, it's really good. But like you said, Jim, like the, the rules and regs and everything that you've got to sort of stick to, yeah. it's... Um, yeah, it makes it challenging, definitely. Yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Worthington. If yeah, if you want to go and check Worthington out on Twitter, he's just at Worthington underscore PNE. Um, I'm sure he'd appreciate that. I'm not nice going to drop the nice one in there. <laughs> I am. I am. Um, so the next one is from at Mike Painto, who I think is just Mikey Painter. On so yeah, he's at Mike Painto on Twitter, and he asks. Do the two Bens come back into the team if fit against Millwall? No, hey, Mikey. Um, yeah, no. It's um, Ben Pearson. I, I don't think we're going to see for a few weeks. Um, no, well, do you need? I don't know. If he's fit, who's he coming in for? Well, yeah, exactly. I think Ledson started every game um, this season, and he's. I thought he had one of his quieter games yesterday, but it wasn't really a, a game to get on the ball. It was so frantic. You know, Potts has started a few games recently. DJ might have to drop out. This is our fourth game in 10, 11 days, isn't it, on Wednesday? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is going to be a few changes, but... yeah, Well, he's not going to be on the bench, I don't think, or he's not going to be in the squad. But even if he was, no guarantee that he'd come back in. Um, especially with Alex Neil, it's been quite interesting. He's mentioned going through a stage of transition a couple of times. He's mentioned it which I think has been quite an interesting little comment. Um, I think if Ben Davis was fit, he'd come back in. Just because yeah, of what he offers. Yeah, I think out of the three of them, I think Darnell was the closest on Saturday. Yeah, yeah well, he was um, He was, He was. was in the stand, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah it was him and Billy and Josh Earler as well. Josh I think Earl, the same. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if anyone's going to come back in, it'll be Darnell. But if, if Ben Davis is fit, then... I can see Jordan Story dropping out. I thought Jordan Story did all right yesterday, to be fair to him. Um, yeah, he did. I thought Pat was the better out of the three centre-halves, but was a little bit flat-footed for the goal. But, yeah, it's... Ben Pearson, right, is the best player at the football club by some distance, in my opinion, um, in terms of actual technical ability. Um, 
But if he's going to leave at the end of the season, we've got to start looking at getting used to being without for, him. Yeah, plan for the future without him. Yeah. Um, don't be wrong, if he's fit, 100% fit, God, he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet for me. Um, but he's not fit. So we might as well forget about this conversation now because he's not going to be playing for the next, at least after the international break for me, which is four games away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Darnell's the big one for me. Yeah. My thoughts are clear on Darnell, especially in these kind of home games that we're going yeah. to come up against. Well, back-to-back home games now. Uh, hopefully that answers your question, Mikey. Uh, as I said with Worthington, if you want to go and give Mikey a follow on Twitter, he's just at Myko Painto. That's Myko, M-Y-K-O. Millwall on Wednesday. Is that That's an early kick-off, isn't it? That's seven. Thing, yeah. yeah. It's another, it's another, it's another sort of, it's another sort of game that you don't ideally want when we're on this run at home, because mm. you know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I, I like Gary Rowett. He's not going to be there, is he? Because um, no. he's self isolating. Oh, I must, I've missed that. Um, but I like, I like the way he sets up his teams. They're going to play three at the back. I think played three at the back on the weekend. They've been changing between a four-four-one-one and a. Um, Three four three sort of thing, so they're going to come and make it hard to play through them again. But they got some good players as well. I like Conor Mahoney a lot. Um, I think Alex Neal was interested in him a while back. Um, Jed Wallace is a good player as well. So, and they got good wing backs. They got Scott Malone uh, and Marlon Romeo, two very good Championship wing backs, and they got some giants at the back as well. So, did a job on us at Deepdale last season, by the way. Yeah. Played really well at Deepdale, didn't they? Yeah, so it'll be a tough game. Yeah, the, uh, is it Jake Cooper, the six foot five left footed centre half that can play with the ball. Yeah. You know, good good at at weekend as well. Yeah. Um against Barnsley, but yeah, like I said, good football inside, very organised. Um Jed Wallace obviously got Kenneth Sahor that's come off the bench a couple of times for Mason Bennett. Mm. Obviously a decent player at the championship level is Kenneth Sahor. Um is he on loan from Cardiff or is he signed yeah. for them? I think he's on loan, isn't he? But, yeah, obviously their form is a little bit indifferent. I mean, they're unbeaten in the last three. Um, beat Wickham and beat Luton. Yeah. And obviously Drew Barnsley. But I think most people, apart from us, about Luton, would expect Wickham and Barnsley to probably be bottom eight. Um, especially yeah. now with Barnsley, obviously losing... Uh, Struber. It sounds, it sounds like they made a decent managerial appointment, but we covered that last week, didn't we? Um, in terms of this guy from France, I believe, is it? He's French, oh, yeah, yeah, but he's been managing in Austria. Um, yeah. Typical Barnsley appointment, isn't it? Yeah, a bit left field, <laughs> yeah. but decent numbers behind him. Um, and I've, but before that, I think they haven't won a game before the, these three unbeaten. So. Mm. Um, Obviously, aerials, you know, you expect them to be decent in the back. They've got the second most aerial battles won in the league. Um, Cardiff are top, unsurprisingly, with their Giants at the back as well. So, I think it's a game where you try and keep it keep it on the deck as much as you can and try and use the, the pace of Emil Reese. Might be a game for Barkey um, yeah. up against um, Malone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those really where it's going to be a tactical battle. Alex Neal's not great in tactical battles at home. Um, well, they're going to come in, sit in, and hope for the best. But like Cardiff did, and then try and catch them the break, quite possibly. Um, yeah. 
because they, you know that they're, they're not they're not creating loads of chances a game Millwall if you if you look at their numbers I mean you know they had six shots on target against Luton one two nil um you know three shots on target yesterday in a one one all draw with Barnsley and then everyone's favourite whipping boy whipping boys in Wickham they had six shots on target and one two one so they get it's shots on target that's a bit of a a bit of a bogey for us at the minute. Um, Ollie, do you want to just mention about that stat you pulled together before? Because I found that really interesting that it's something I've not even looked at this season so far. Yeah, we're fourth for shots on target um, in the league. So, obviously, Blackburn are top. They've played a lot of, well, they played two or three really weak sides. But we've had 35 shots on target, um, you know, in the seven games, which is five shots on target a game. Which is good numbers considering who we've played against. Um, played against well at Deep Bell, played against three very stubborn sides: um, Swansea, Stoke, and Cardiff. And in their 10, 10, 10 away games collectively, they've only conceded two goals. So, you know, we've not been doing bad in terms of chance creation. Um, you know, Maguire's had quite a few shots on target. Potts has had the most shots out of anyone in our squad. Um, Brad Potts had 14 shots. I think Sinclair's had 12 or 13. So we are getting shots off. Um, you know, shot on ta- shots on target, fourth in the league, and I think we're about eight or ninth for shots overall. So in terms of proportion, we're actually getting a decent amount on target. We're making keepers work. So I'm pretty confident that the goals are going to start flowing at home. Obviously, like you've said, Jimmy, they're going to set up, you know, three at the back and sit behind the ball, counters on counter-attack so I think it'll take a similar sort of pattern for me the issue is just personnel it's not even as much of a tactical battle it's just Daniel Johnson's not played at deep Dell yet Emil Reese hasn't really played at deep Dell yet Darnell Fisher hasn't played at deep Dell yet so you know they're three good attacking threats in themselves so I think I think Darnell might come in on Wednesday Do you think though that Darnell and DJ not having played at deep Dell yet would Make that much of a difference? It's their home yeah. ground. They they know it. What it's do you the, mean? Attacking, it's the attacking threat they bring. It's nothing yeah, to do the with attack- the, the environment. <laughs> nothing to do with the environment. It's we, we've not had those players at our disposal at Deepdale. Oh right, mid. I'm with you. Fucking hell, I, I completely got the arse end of that stick. Yeah, the attacking width that Darnell gives you, and the the sort of pockets that Daniel Johnson picks up. You know, you can't really replace that in our squad. So. Yeah, the home form isn't a massive concern to me, to be honest. I think I always say this, look at the bigger picture. Um, and yeah, I think obviously Reese. I don't know, I don't know if he'll start, third start in a week it'll be. So we'll have to wait and I, see. I think I'll go with him. I think yeah. after oh, what I, he said, I think he will. After what he said post-match yesterday, I think mm. he's, he's, he'll stick with him uh, yeah. because he's just bringing so much to the team. Yeah. Um, the my my other concern is obviously about lack of clean sheets, um, mm. and obviously the my, the goals we're conceding yeah. from shots on target. That that's actually what I meant before. It wasn't about how many shots we're having on target; it's how many shots on target we're conceding, and yeah. it's um, or, or conceding from shots on target. And it's um, the numbers aren't great. Well, if you look at shots on target that we've conceded, we've conceded twenty one shots on target in seven games. So. Three shots on target a game were conceding. 
But if you look at our save percentage, so it's the worst in the league. We're only saving 62% of shots. So, you know, that's 24th out of 24 teams in the league. Reading, Reading's keeper saving 94% of shots that he's faced. And that's where that's why they're top of the league. Um, that, that can't carry I, on, surely. Well, no, that's why Reading are in a false position. Yeah. Um, they're like Ipswich three or four years ago. I think they won five of the first six. Keeper had a few worldies at the start. But, you know, 62% um, of, of, of shots that we're saving, I think the average is about 75. So, obviously, Ripley played the first game, but Rudd's played the rest. And he's improved a lot, Rudd. But I think it's just something to keep an eye on. Because um, in terms of actual shots on target against us, we're, you know, we're, we're, in the, we're in the better third, so to speak. So, teams like Bristol, Norwich... Birmingham, Middlesbrough, Reading, Millwall and QPR. They're the only teams who've conceded less shots on target. Um, we've only made 13 saves. Uh, only Sheffield Wednesday, Millwall and QPR have made less saves than us. So we're not actually saving that many shots. Um, and Alex Neal's mentioned it, I think he said a few times, we seem to be conceding with the few shots on targets that we're facing. Um, so defensively, we're sound. And attacking, we're in we're in the top end of the league attacking wise in terms of shots. So, I think it's going to click into place for us, me. And it has yeah. done in, in the past couple of games. Um, obviously, one goal conceded in the last two games, and four goals scored. So, we're going in the right direction. Yeah, I think what two weeks ago our, our pod was trust the process, or a week ago. A week, a week's a long time in football, isn't it? Absolutely. Millwall predictions? 3-0 Preston. Ooh. 2-0 Preston. Yeah, I was going to say 2-0. Yeah. I think if he starts Reese and DJ, Reese yeah. DJ, and if you chuck Fisher into this equation as well, yeah. I think, you know, it, it won't be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to predict Dex can be man of the match. <laughs> 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 just, yeah. just, just, just throw, throw a spam at work. You know, because end of the day, they're, they're, they're decent going forward, you know. Jed Wallace is one of the better players in the league for me. I think he's in the top percentile of players. I think he's a really creative influence. You know, yeah. I think it was 16 assists last season, nine goals. I think he's a great player at this level. Yeah. yeah. Just on Jed Wallace, he had 14 crosses on Saturday, which is a league high for this season, I think. Bloody hell. Um, so he's, they're playing like a box midfield, sort of playing two sitters and two attacking. But he's drifting out a lot to the right and getting crossed in the box. So that's so much to look out for. That's really interesting as well because Ledson had the most crosses for us again yesterday and he had mm. nine. Yeah. So it, I think there's a little bit of a pattern occurring here because that's, I think that's twice in the space of a week Ledson's had the most crosses because we had nine against Cardiff. I was flicking back through my notes. Yeah. So does, does that include set pieces as well? It's who scored data. So it's just it's, it was crosses. So quite potentially because yeah. obviously, but they'll be both be on corners, won't they? Wallace yeah, and, and Ledson. Wallace. On set pieces, yeah. Yeah, so um, well, Ledson's on, Ledson was on our set pieces as well, weren't he, against yeah. Cardiff? Yeah. So it does make sense in terms of, obviously, if it's a set piece, he's getting crosses in, but just it's it's interesting that both of them, yeah. set, you know, what you class is probably number eight slash number 10 midfielders, are both, yeah. you know, leading our crossing stats. Yeah, they got major, major set piece threats, so we need to be bang on it. Um, first goal was massive in this one. I think we'll get the first one early on. I think we'll go on to win 3-0. Uh, Birmingham then. Obviously, they've 
well, well they what? Well, they won the first game of the season, one nil against Brentford. Yeah, there was quite a bit said about how that was just an anomaly. Well, Jake, do you remember the first game of last season? Uh, Brentford, Birmingham won Brentford nil. Was that the first first game game of last season? So it was it was a mirror image, exactly the same. An XG massacre, I think Thomas (laughs) Thomas Frank would would put it. Um, But I think Jimmy's got Jimmy's going to lead on this one. There, terrible. Yeah, their numbers are horrific. You know, they've not scored in the last three games. Um, Drew QPR. We got beat off Norwich, got beat off Chef Wednesday away. Um, then they're under 2.5 goals in every game they've played so far this season. This game, start again. They're under 2.5 goals um, in every game they've played so far this season in the Championship. The XG has only been above one three times. Um, Jesus. And it's always below two. Um, they play Huddersfield on Wednesday night um, at home. That's an under 2.5 banker for me. And I'd probably put under 2.5 on Huddersfield win, in my opinion. Um, only two players have scored goals for them this season in the Championship, and that's the winger, Bella. He's got two. And Harley Dean, the centre-half, has got one. Yeah. Um, possession stats, they're second bottom. Wickham are bottom. Um, Birmingham are 43.5% average. So they're giving up at least 56% possession in every game they've played on, on average. And then they're not great for shots on goal either. They're only having 9.1 shots a game, which is third bottom. Um, Wickham are below them. And then league leaders, Reading, um, at a bottom with 7.6, I think it is, which is frightening the fact that they're Top converting the so many of their shots. Yeah, but that's why they're in a false position at this moment in time. Yeah. Don't be wrong, they're a good side. They've got some handy players in that Reading team, as we'll come on to next week um, when we do the previews for the Reading and Rotherham games but yeah not great Birmingham um, got some handy players but just don't look like they're gelling um, obviously fairly new manager in Karanka um, typical yeah. Karanka team though isn't it really you know yeah, Karanka's yeah. not he's not known for playing dead attractive football during his time over here so yeah I'm Probably going to have to make sure I have a couple of coffees before the game because it could turn into a snooze fest if Birmingham come and just park the bus. Yeah, it's another type of game what we don't want at Deepdale. It's probably going to be one of the deepest blocks we're going to see all, all season at Deepdale. Yeah. Um, and like Jimmy said, it's typical Karanka. He was negative as anything at Borough. He just had quality players. Um, don't have the same quality at Birmingham. So I can't see them... You know, being in the top half this season. I lost Jude Bellingham as well, who carried him at times as a 16, yeah. 17 year old last season. Yeah, don't really have any standout players for me. Um, no, obviously so. they've got, they've got, they've I like Bella. Hogan, they? I like Bella. Bella's um, tricky. Cuts but, then when you look, but then when you look at his actual numbers, he's, the, the two goals he scored were in three, well, there were two goals in three games in September. And since then, he was on. He didn't even get off the bench on Saturday against QPI. He came off the bench against Norwich and got beat. Started the game against Chef Wednesday, got beat. Yeah. Started the game against Stoke, he drew. Scored in the game before again, and that was against Rotherham. So, you know, and then the other goal he scored was the first game of the season against Brentford. And mm-hmm. um, you know, you actually look through their squad, and it's just it screams like 
defensively. Yeah, hard to break down. Yeah. Looking at the squad on who scored, they've got 19 players. That brings true. They've had financial problems, haven't they? They're not. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they have got a few more when you look into it. But good keeper Neil Etheridge, lad who was at mm-hmm. Cardiff. Um, he's well up there in terms of numbers um, for, for shot save this season. But you, you look at like the Mark, like Mark Roberts, the old uh, Barnsley centre-half, George Friend, you know, 33-year-olds playing left-sided centre-back. Yeah. They're there for the taking, you know, yeah. if, if we if, if we turn up and when you've got players like you know, Gary Gardner in centre midfield, you know, just a typical... Adam Clayton as well. Adam yeah. Clayton, yeah, just horrible yeah. players to play against. And George yeah. Friend, another one of Karanka's mates. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, 33-year-old George Friend, you know, playing yeah. left-side centre-half, you know, it just screams, niggly fouls, horrible game, Yeah, you know, have a couple of coffees, don't have a couple of beers, or, or, or if you're going to have a couple of beers, make sure they're strong because it's not going to be a pretty game, I don't think. Um, I just hope that we take the game to him, you know, because that's what you need to do against a team like that. Yeah. Because, yeah. to be honest, you know, Jukovic is he's getting off the bench, Scott Hogan's an handful, yeah. but if you're not getting the ball into him, you're not actually creating the opportunities for them, then... Jonathan Leco or Leco? Never done anything for me, him. Never has done he, anything. Has he? Never. Just another one that's got a bit of bit of hype around him that just doesn't seem to go away or yeah he looks very one-dimensional to me whenever I've seen him play if he can't get the beating of his man on the outside I don't think he's going to do much fair enough predictions or are are we waiting until Wednesday for that no I'm going to go 3-0 again I'm going to go 2-0 again I'll go 1-0 so we're both we're all three of us are predicting four wins in a row is, is it is it likely? Uh, yeah, of course it You've is. You've got to look at each game. You've got to look at each game individually, and I think we're the better side in both of these. I think yeah, Millwall uh, Millwall's a tougher game, but um, I think agree. even four points from the week will put us in a very good position going into the the last two before the break. Well, four so, points from the week, anything from the last one, and that's at least ten points. Yeah, five from the five, which is what we said. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like like you said, you've got to look at each game individually, and I think break break the season down into blocks and and runs of games, and I think we've got obviously, yeah, um, that's what I said last week. I think yeah, Millwall and Birmingham, Reading. Where, where I know I know we're sort of looking ahead a little bit, but where 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 would you put Reading as sort of a, on on a level of toughness? Would you say that's another one that you include in like your, your Huddersfield QPR that it's yeah, it's one that we go in. I put I it. I put it harder than that. Yeah, I put me. it along along with the Cardiff sort of range on that, for me. on that level. Expected yeah. position fifteenth so far. Keeper saved ninety four percent of shots he's faced, but they have got some very good players. Yeah, um, I've been to Reading for the last four or five years, and I don't think we've got a single point. We might no, have got I don't points, think we but, have. Um, Let's hope that you not going breaks the curse. Yeah, I don't believe in stuff like that, but. I know you don't. Yeah, That's why yeah, I said it. <laughs> it. Must have been impossible for us to win at Huddersfield on the weekend because we haven't won there for about thirty years. Yeah, Jim, that curse is out of the way now. You can sleep uh, sleep better at night. Nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. Many have won. Many have won last five games against us. You know. Yeah, bit of a bogey team, aren't they? Yeah. We've not won there, God, years. Uh, Twenty sixteen, DJ scored. Didn't he late on? Yeah. Uh, That's the only one my, I didn't go to. Ninety-first minute. 
Um, but before that, you're looking at. I remember going to that nil nil game, two thousand and nine. Um, yeah, you're looking quite a long time ago. <laughs> well, yeah, that's 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 a bit ahead of us, yeah. But yeah, thank you for listening. Um, as we said last week, if you've not left us a review on Apple Podcasts, then head over there and leave us a review. Uh, it's much appreciated. This there's been there's, <laughs> there's been a couple of funny ones uh, recently. Trying to keep things that might get us into trouble to a minimum, if you can. Yeah, we're, there's, there's. If you want them to be shared on social media, we might be in in, a, in between a rock and a hard place, depending on what the content contains. Um, but they do, they do make us chuckle. Jimmy, Jimmy enjoys sharing them in WhatsApp, don't you, pal? Yeah, only because I'm thinking that the solicitors are going to be knocking on the door <laughs> if you're a housemate. That's the only bit of issue I've shared. Nah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, so if, if you've not left us a review on Apple Podcasts, then head over there and leave us a review. Uh, let us know what you think of the pod and, and all that good stuff. And yeah, as, as I mentioned at the start, you can support from the Finney. Uh, you can just make a small donation if you want, a regular one, a one-off one. Uh, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the Finney. And it would be massively appreciated. Or you can go to our website and just click the support us button. Our website is just www.fromthefinney.co.uk. Yeah. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, lads. That's nice one. See you in Stay safe. Have a good week. And we will speak again on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for signing us up to uh, some more midweekers, Jim. Oh, yeah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. keep the good keep the good times coming. Oh yeah, and one one last note. Um, uh, people should keep an eye out on social media this week because we've got something to. Yeah, I've got a tactical review coming. <laughs> uh, and on that, yeah. and on that, and on that note, um, yeah, cheers, fellas, much appreciated. Cheers, boys. See you Wednesday in a bit.